Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo Technology, and uh, here we are again. It's been a while. Uh, we're recording another episode of our Neo4j Grafistania podcast. And today I have a, a wonderful lady from the beautiful lands around Cambridge uh, on, my, uh, on, uh, on the other side of this Skype call. And that's uh, Evelina Gabashova. Hello, Evelina. Oh, hello, Rick. Hey, good to have you on the call. Thank you for making the time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, fantastic. So, Evelina, I, I've learned from our conversations that you're a postdoc researcher at the University of Cambridge, but uh, maybe you might want to introduce yourself a little bit and tell our listeners who you are and uh, what's your wonderful relationship to the wonderful world of graphs. Well, I originally started as a programmer and then I got interested more in machine learning. So I went on to do a PhD in machine learning, actually, and statistics and mathematics. And now I'm working as a postdoc in biomedical research. So I don't have any biological background at all, but I'm like, a quantitative person and I help biologists analyze their data. So I work in like statistical genomics and bioinformatics at the moment. And... I got interested in graphs because they are very useful in modeling quite a lot of biological phenomena because uh, there are these protein-protein interaction networks, etc., and gene interactions. So graphs are a very natural way of modeling these kinds of things. Wow. I, you know, this is a funny story because I've, my first exposure to graphs was also about protein-protein interactions at the University of Ghent here in, uh, in Belgium. Is that metaproteomics? Is that the kind of field that you're talking about here? Uh, I'm not working with proteins most of the time. I'm working on the bit lower level with individual genes and uh, like different like DNA variations, etc. But still, they interact with each other. And the thing with biology is that it's very multi-layered process, and the different layers interact with each other. So uh, it's it's extremely complex. I'm still like my mind is exploding whenever I think about it. To oh my be God. honest, <laughs> because. Yeah, whenever you look closer, it's just much more complex. And some aspects of it are very well modeled by graphs, some are not, but uh, we are just trying to integrate all the types of information that we have, and graphs are very helpful in that. Fantastic. And and, and you're a big Star Wars fan, right? Because I read that uh, graph gist uh, about <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I am a big Star Wars fan. <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing that I did. Uh, yeah, I uh, oh, social networks and thing network based analysis is very nice for just playing with things. So last year before Christmas, when the new Star Wars movie was coming out, I just decided, okay, let's play with it a little, and I extracted social networks from all the scripts of all the movies, and then I just played with it, and it's it's a wonderful data set because you can understand what's happening there. Because sometimes when I look at biological data sets and see, okay, so this gene interacts with this gene, without actually consulting quite a lot of literature and biologists, I have no idea what it means properly. Sure. Yeah. But if I see that these two characters interact with each other, it makes sense because I've seen all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you for your opinion about the last movie, but uh... <laughs> so so what 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 do you think is so nice about uh, using graphs for you know these these different fields? You know what what do you like about it? Why is it so uh, interesting for you? Well, I find graphs as a very natural way of structuring information. And a very nice way to analyzing very complex data where I just know how the 
maybe I don't know that much about the data, but I know something about interactions and graphs are just great for that. And so that's more also, about... Also, okay. if you are looking at a graph, like, it doesn't have to be like direct interaction. The interactions in a graph can mean whatever you decide they should mean. And that's a very flexible framework for approaching complex problems. Is that something you encounter in, in, in biology a lot? Or are you talking more about the social networking stuff or, or both? No, maybe? I was talking yeah. more about biology probably. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so, so it's more like a pathfinding to see, you know, if, if there is a path between different genes, for example. Is that what you, like an example? Yeah, for example. Or uh, it doesn't have to be like directly pathways. It can be like uh, if genes are related... For example, we are also working with some colleagues on a system that does data mining on academic papers. And it can be, for example, if two genes are mentioned in the same paper, which is not a very direct interaction between them, but it tells me that they are probably related in some way. Absolutely, yeah. Well, actually, I did a podcast uh, recording a couple of months ago uh, with someone from the University of California who, uh, who was writing about... Uh, molecular interactions, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. he called it uh, headnets. Uh, really interesting. I'll look it up for you. Uh, and I'll put yeah, link in the yeah that sounds very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the interactions can mean anything. It can be on the bio uh, like very like chemical level. It can be on like physical interaction level. It can be on what we know about those genes, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to play with social networks because that's a very interpretable way of dealing with networks. So that these are my hobby projects and at work it's much more complex. <laughs> <laughs> well, graphs are everywhere, <laughs> right? So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's kind of the tagline of Neo4j and uh, it's been uh, it's, it's it's so true, right? Once you get into it, it's almost impossible not to see things as a graph. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Very cool. And uh, do you have any any plans for other use cases uh, right now, Lina? Uh, not at the moment, because well, the use cases that we are already working on with my colleagues are complex enough, to be, to be honest. So enough we are playing with some. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, you know, it keeps me off the streets. You know, it's a <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, but what I'm working on mostly is how to integrate information from different layers in like biological process. So I'm looking at like the very low level gene level or like uh, the DNA level and if there are any changes there and how does it integrate with uh, the like RNA changes that are in the cell and how does it integrate with protein changes etc. So What's these RNA? are many different levels. Sorry? What's RNA? I have no idea what that is. Oh sorry. <laughs> it's uh, like a um, intermediate product between the DNA and a protein. So it's how uh, the DNA is transcribed into tra RNA and that is then changed into protein. So it's sort of like an intermediate product. And if you are looking at that, you can see what's ha actually happening in a cell in a specific moment uh -huh. because it's telling, it's telling you which genes are being actively changed into proteins. You know what? Did it this make is sense? Why, this, this is why I like doing these podcasts. I learn something every day. You know, it's <laughs> very good. Thank you. Yeah. 
So, so, so when DNA you think... is basically, sorry, uh, I just wanted to add something, yeah, that yeah. the DNA is basically like a stable structure. Yeah. Uh, RNA tells you what's actually happening in a cell in a specific moment. And the protein level tells you basically what are the processes that were happening over some time ago or like over some longer time. Super. Because the proteins are just in the cell produced and then they are doing their roles. Interesting. So where, where do you think this is going, you know, both, both for you personally, uh, Evelina, in, in, in your job or in your, in your play time, um, <laughs> uh, but also, you know, looking at the IT industry, at the end of the day, you're an IT professional, right? So, um, you know, where, where do you think this is going? What does the future hold uh, for, for the world of graphs? Well, I think the future for graphs is bright because... Uh, we have a lot of unstructured data and graphs are a great way to represent that. And it allows us to mine quite a lot of very complex data sets that would be impossible to structure in any other way or maybe we don't have any other good way to structure those data sets. So I think graphs will continue being quite successful in modeling quite a lot of, in quite a lot of domains. And for me personally, well, I hope I will get to play with graphs even more <laughs> because it's quite a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That or has... at least in my free time, analyzing some more <laughs> movies, etc. <laughs> well, I look forward to uh, seeing the results of that and I wish you all the best for uh, the professional use cases. I want to thank you for coming online, Evelina. It's been great talking to you and um, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll, our listeners will enjoy uh, listening to and reading about uh, your story as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Bye.